Welcome to the Coach Bo Know Show on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Hey, we're recording live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bo Know Show. Check out the Facebook page, Coach Bo Know Show. You can search us there, you'll find it. And you can also email us at show at gmail.com. And this is the point five. And uh, no, this, yes, point five. What, Ellen, what are we doing here? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, Thanksgiving it, really screwed everything it up. It has. Thanksgiving really screwed everything up. So, hey, I hope you enjoyed Monday's episode with Luke Slaybaugh. And uh, we're here for the point five. Token Girl, Ellen Wingenfears here with us today. You're back to Token Girl this week because you lost the fantasy football. I did. Um, I lost and I had players suspended from my roster. Yep. Had I need a I need a tie in so, tight end I, to come through on waivers. So maybe I'll have a team this week. I appreciate that you did not just throw that right back at me and say, well, you got your ass kicked too, because I took the <laughs> biggest ass flipping I've taken in a fantasy football game in like five years this past. How bad week. did you lose by? I didn't let it was like 40 or 50. It was ridiculous. I only lost by 20. I let me look. I, I'm not gonna. Uh, it was it was bad. It was really bad. Somehow, some way, when I last looked, though, on our playoff picture, we have three weeks left to the playoff start. I am still fourth because uh, of tiebreakers, and uh, that that's a big deal. So actually, I'm third. Somehow, some way, I still qualify for the playoffs. Uncle Rico, though, he, he took it to me this past week, and, and that's the worst part. Is that you know you lose the fantasy game, that's fine, but man, when it's your buddy. And someone that you know could talk a little trash. He just, you can't have it. You know, was he just lighting you up on Sunday and Monday? No, I, to his credit, he did say something Friday to me because mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift got hurt. Mm-hmm. And DeAndre Swift's been my best player most mm-hmm. of the season. And he says, I don't know if you can be able to get this one done, not without that player. And I was like, oh, I'll be fine. You know, I, I just played it off. And then sure enough, he whooped me. He beat me by. Uh, he beat me by 48 points. Ouch. Yeah, he my lowest output by far of the season. It was bad. Um, no excuses. But I have a talk with our team this week. We're gonna get them back on back on track. Uh, you're, no you're not leaving team. under the cover of darkness for another program. I am not leaving under the cover of darkness for another program. I'm gonna stay this season with my you know, go, go, Joe, go, uh, uh, you know, my coach Burrow, my Joe Burrow team. Good for you. I'm proud. I would never leave Joe Burrow behind. I, I know it'd be tough, but sometimes money is hard to, sh- to, to not Yeah. But you know what? Nobody had to make the decision that I've had to make about staying with, with Joe Burrow. So nobody would leave if they had Joe Burrow. I know I have a very unhealthy man crush on Joe Burrow. Yes. LSU to your core. Yes. Hey, speaking of LSU, let's just, let's just start, you know, what's going on? A lot going on in sports. We're talking a lot. sports, we'll have some fun with some other stuff, but um, the coaching carousel, it's started and it's spinning. It's not spinning. It's like a centrifuge. It's yes. going so fast. And so the, the big, the big openings, they had two big openings, LSU and USC. And they both mm-hmm. found their man. Yep. And both teams wanted Lincoln Riley. LSU did offer him. I got some pretty good authority. Yes, they did offer him. And he was kind of giving them the indication he was considering it. And in the shadow of darkness and in the middle of the night, or as he lied to Scott Van Pelt and said on Sunday morning, USC came in with an offer. USC came in with that offer before that. 
they've been talking for a while, I bet. And sure, USC came in with a strong offer. And USC picks up Lincoln Riley. So yeah. that was the first domino to drop. Lincoln Riley over to, to USC. Now, have you seen the deal yet? No, okay. I have just seen the press photos okay. of um, got, and the snippets from his post-game press conference yeah. saying that LSU is not in the picture. Yes. So he so this is, he he pulled some bullshit here. Now I'm first of all, I'm not gonna give him too much grief about what he said because college mm-hmm. football, you kind of have to lie. So I get it. He said after the game, when asked point blank, Lincoln Riley says, I will not be the next coach at LSU. Yes, next question. And next question. And 10 hours later, he was introduced. So he was, it was broken that he was going to go to USC. Yep. Um, it's a 10-year deal, from what I understand. He's going to get paid all, he can pay, get paid up to $100 million. So up to $10 million a year. He'll be able um, to survive in LA on that. U- USC is buying both of his homes in Norman. <laughs> They're going to give him a $6 million home in LA. They're buying both his homes in Norman for, I think mean, they agreed on prices over a half a million above his asking price. For fuck's sake. So um, let's see. He gets uh, use of one of the USC planes for anything he wants personally. So if he wants to fly across country, not just for recruiting, but just wants to go do stuff, yeah. Guess it's the advantage of being a private school. You know, they can oh, absolutely. So USC put together a great package. I have one football take on this, and then I have one off-the-field take. So off-the-field, look, that's a no-brainer. You get $100 million moved from Oklahoma to L.A. That's life-changing, family-changing money. It's a wet dream. Yes, Let's be honest. absolutely. So I'm not going to give him any grief on that. But you know what I really think? What? He's scared to coach the SEC. LSU offered him almost the same kind of money. And here's my argument. Here's my argument. So let's just walk one step backwards. Sure. The SEC is by far the premier league in, the, in, in college football. Correct. Let's say the new SEC with Oklahoma and Texas now moving to the SEC. Would you say the three best jobs in the SEC are Alabama, Oklahoma, and LSU? I don't know. Okay. I, you could argue Georgia in there. But let's, let's, for argument's sake, the three places that really want to pay their coach, you're going to be able to have a, you're going to have a really good chance to be successful. The best chance to be successful are probably those three schools, Oklahoma, LSU, Alabama. I can understand that, but I've also seen what the Big 12 teams that have gone to the SEC have done. Not arguing that. Here's what I'm saying. This guy had a chance to take two of those jobs over the weekend. Yep. And he opted to go to California instead. Now, look, again, all the off the field stuff, I totally understand that. Uh-huh. I totally do. But the football part of me says he's afraid to coach in the SEC because there's no better job than the job he had or could have taken at LSU. I think the shine is off LSU to an, enough of an extent that I don't know. <laughs> how great it would have been regardless of it being in the sec and i think there is some sense perhaps that ou can't compete at that level so yes again maybe it's just not being able to manage the sec expectations well 
I, I looked it up. And if you go back the last five years, with the exception of Alabama and Georgia, Kirby Smart's been in Georgia. This is his sixth season. Every other SEC school has turned over their head football coach in the last five seasons. A number of them, I don't have the number in front of me now, have done it twice. Sure. So my thinking is he thought, well, wait a minute. If I go to the SEC, not only am I competing with Nick Saban, not only am I competing with Kirby Smart, whoever LSU hires, you know, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, and it's going to be tougher. And then whoever Oklahoma hires. Yeah, it's kill or be killed. It it is. So I think he was thinking, well, man, I'm not going to be here 10 more years. Let me grab this bag. I would be interested, having had my one year at USC and still having, you know, friends who are alums and are heavily invested in the program. He's not going to survive 10 years at USC unless he can produce. I agree, but I think that he's got a few years to get there. Maybe. He's got three or four years to get there. USC has been a clusterfuck yeah. with, not, with non-sports stuff that they've yeah. dealt with. And so, you know, it's kind of fascinating that they're willing to drop this much money while yeah. they're handling other lawsuits. But Well, it, it looks like, I mean, we've seen the other two big names that were out there that mm-hmm. ended up getting extensions. James Franklin stayed at Penn State. Yep. Got a 10-year extension. Now, a lot of times you get a big extension. It's most for recruiting purposes. Hey, I'm going to be here for 10 years. Right. Mel Tucker at Michigan State cashed in a bag. Love that band for doing that. Man, because he was a guy I wanted at LSU. He was a guy that I was like, hey, LSU should look at this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm going to move on. That was number one. USC made, and I think USC made a fantastic hire. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic hire. Now that happened on Sunday. Sunday night, I was talking to someone, people I know down in Louisiana and getting some, hearing some things. And I said, what do we know? And they said, we know from an inside source that a hire has been made and it'll be announced on Tuesday. And I was like, that's all bullshit. Because that's never the situation. Mm-hmm. And this person told me, well, hey, the person I know is it, it's this person. And he just can't say who it is. And I was like, I will see. Because what I really thought LSU was going to do and they couldn't get Lincoln Riley was go all in to get Jimbo Fisher. Okay. He, he's a guy who was loved in Baton Rouge. He was one of Saban's guys. Yeah. He was the guy that people wanted there when Saban left. Instead of Les Miles, at, when Les Miles left, it was, hey, Jimbo's got to be the guy. He wasn't going to leave AM after being there for one season. Yeah. The, a, the Our new AD at LSU was AM's the AD, hired Jimbo Fisher. A lot of talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then LSU beat Texas AM on Saturday, which is great. I did not see that coming. That was wonderful. And Monday afternoon, I, was, I got a text from a friend and I said, uh, they're really making an announcement tomorrow? He said, yeah, tomorrow morning you'll see the announcement. And then Monday night, Tyler mm-hmm. Jones sent me a, a text message saying, this is the rumor. Now, I'd gotten a similar text from somebody a couple hours before, and it said Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. Yep. Now, we all know of my just undying hatred of all things Notre Dame. I hate Notre Dame. 
I don't have any respect for anything that's, I, I had no reverence for anything religious. That's just who I am. So it, the whole thing, I went to a game at Notre Dame this year. And that whole thing was lost on me. I know. Yeah. But I have always liked Brian Kelly. I have said for years, I thought he was a great coach. I thought he was going to go to the NFL. I thought two years ago he was going to go to the NFL. I said on Tyler Jones' podcast about six weeks ago that I thought Brian Kelly was going to be the next head coach of the New York Jets, the New York huh. Giants, or the New York Giants. Okay. I just thought he was a, I thought he was a pro coach. Looking at him, he looks like a pro coach. And when I heard it's going to be Brian Kelly, I was excited. Did you check in with your brother, Barry? Yes. He was asleep. He had not heard yet. He messaged me the next morning and said, I'm not very pleased, but let him go. He's not a, a big on his own guy there, on Brian Kelly. I think I'm bigger on his, on his, his Notre Dame uh-huh. coach than he was as a Notre Dame fan. And that is a big reason I hate Notre Dame. My brother loves Notre Dame so much that it makes it easier for me to dislike him. Absolutely. You know, and, and I get that. That's just sibling rivalry. But um, I was really, really pleased with the hire. You know, I, I get it from a fandom point of view. I still think he was an asshole the way that he handled it with having Notre Dame still in the hunt for the playoff, leaving those guys in the lurch, having a two-minute team meeting the next morning before piecing out. Yeah. All of it is just a little gross. Yeah. I'll hear the argument of you have a chance to make the playoff mm-hmm. and you shouldn't leave. I'll hear that. That totally get it. My argument to the counter of that though is how do you want them to do it? If LSU is truly interested, they'll wait. Would they? Yes. They would. If LSU was sitting there, let's say they didn't hire Brian Kelly on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And now it's Saturday. And we've seen the games play out, how they played out. Notre Dame does not make the playoff. Who's to say they haven't made another hire? Who's to say that Jimbo Fisher isn't available or someone else? Again, if they want their guy, they will wait. Because that discussion should have happened. So I heard, and I read this in a couple places now. Mm -hmm. I read this a couple places that this was something from Brian Kelly that was kind of not a surprise, that that he was willing to leave. Um, I guess some of his unhappiness in South Bend had to do with some of the, um, not the money, but more of the conditions. He was asking for and wanted an indoor practice facility. Mm-hmm. I guess Notre Dame doesn't have an in. I did this. I heard that. It was like, what? Notre Dame doesn't facility. have an indoor practice facility? Oh, that's wild. Kansas has an indoor practice facility. A lovely one. A beautiful one, yes. Very new, very nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. How does Notre Dame not have one? Yeah, that's wild. Is that like a Lou Holtz carryover or something? What's going I, on? I don't know. Maybe they, if they constructed one, it would block touchdown Jesus. I don't know. Maybe get in the way of the grotto. I don't know. I just, again, I don't have. I do get a kick out of people saying, well, he doesn't going to realize what, you know, Baton Rouge is different than South Bend. And yeah, culture is different. I think Marcus Spears said it best. You know what would be fine for him culture-wise? Win. Sure. He just starts winning. Ain't nobody going to care that he doesn't speak their language. Correct. They're not going to care that he's going to call it a poor boy instead of a po' boy. Yeah. 
<laughs> that meme is going around amongst LSU people. It's Brian Kelly going to a restaurant, and I'd like a poor boy instead of a po' boy. Yeah. You know, I bet he's never had a crawfish before, you know. Yeah, know. you never know. Yeah, so um, as long as he recruits, and I think he'll recruit fine. I mean, he's a great coach, and he's recruited in the past. Now he doesn't have to look to see if the player can pass calculus as a freshman. True. I mean, there's no such thing as academic standards that he has to deal with. So not at LSU. Nope. You can fog a mirror, we'll let you in. Yeah. I mean, it's a Louisiana State University. It's not Notre Dame. That's fine. I'll take that. I'll live with that. It's gonna be interesting. So it will be. Yeah. So I do feel I I going back to Saturday though for a moment as an LSU Mm -hmm. fan, I was um really happy that the team came Mm -hmm. through and won against AM and Coach O's last game. And Coach O's round looked. I mean, he 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 looked beaten. At the same time, he looked excited those players came through and won for him. Well, I'm glad for him. You know, he had kind of a, a tough road, and I know how much he personally loves the LSU program yeah. and that he could at least go on that note. Yeah. Um, and he made his own bed there at the end. He, he no yeah. doubt. Some of the things he did off the field, some of the things that are out there in the public record, I'm not going to go through all of them right now. Sure. He made his own bet on that stuff. So I, I I have a little less empathy for that. But guy, guy who loved the job. And then he came in there and did what he won a national title. Yeah. You know, that's the other piece that somebody said to me, well, why would you leave Notre Dame for LSU? And I'm like, because you're gonna win. That's why. He's well, like, it it's can't not be even that much better. And I was like, when was the last time Notre Dame won a national title? I don't even think it has to do with winning. I think it's just you have a vastly higher likelihood of being in the playoff because you're in the SEC and you're part of that top tier of the SEC. I think it's – oh, see, I see, I, see, I kind of half-ass disagree. Okay. Yes, if you're the SEC champion, and likely a second team will always get in. Mm-hmm. But an expanded playoff, Notre Dame with one loss will always get in. Maybe. I they haven't has, beat a, a top 25 team this entire think, season. They have not the entire season, yes. That's why I said there's no chance I would let Notre Dame in the top four. There's no way of the, the games lining up where I would vote Notre Dame in the top four. But I'm even with an expanded playoff, that's what's going to be curious yeah. to me is what the analytics are when they're looking at that. Yeah, well, here's what I, I, I do think on the football side of it. This is just taking the football side. Not the $95 million he's getting and everything else. The football side of it is he wants to win a national title. Sure. He can win it at LSU. I don't know that he can at Notre Dame. I don't know that he can either. No, I don't think anybody can. I, I, guess I don't think he's a bad coach. I, I think Nick Saban could win a national title at Notre Dame. That whole loosey-goosey independent ACC, yeah. whatever the hell they are, yeah. I think that causes issues. I think it does too. They haven't won a national title since the 80s. I know. I have a signed football from that team. The last three LSU coaches have all won national titles. Yeah. I mean, look, Les Miles won a national title at LSU. And Ogeron. a lot of grass, too. And Ogeron. Yeah. I mean, look, Ed Ogeron was an under 500 coach at Ole Miss. He was great as an interim coach everywhere he was at as an interim guy. And mm-hmm. he was... It was a 600 winning percentage at LSU. But I mean, again, that's a lot of that. You got players. You, yeah. you coach there. You're a half. If you're, if you're a good coach, you can win a national title at LSU. 
Absolutely. You've got very fertile recruiting grounds from Texas and Florida and Louisiana and Alabama. Yep. yep. Now there's one more job I want to talk about. This one's getting under, this is under the radar. And right. this one is a great hire. Okay. And people don't realize how great a hire it is. Florida hired Louis, University of Louisiana coach Billy Napier. You know, I saw this the other day and I can't say I'm familiar with him at all, but I saw a lot of positive press okay. about him. University of Louisiana, used to be University of Louisiana Lafayette. Okay. They have been second class to LSU forever. Sure. They came up and they, they're in the American Conference now. They are fantastic. They're in the top 25 again this year. Um, they He keeps winning. And he's been offered other Power 5 jobs. Mm-hmm. He's been offered a couple of Big 12 jobs. He's been offered a couple of SEC jobs. And he's turned them down. He was waiting. He was pulling a Kirby Smart. He was waiting for the right job. Okay. And he was somebody that I think LSU was going to look at if they didn't get a big, big name. Um, but, I mean, Florida hired a really good coach. This guy can recruit. He knows the South. He, he's going to get it there. Well, and that's not, exciting. And he's not a guy that's going to go to Florida and think Florida is Miami, if you know what I mean. Yes. You know, it, it, there's a difference between Gainesville and Miami. Absolutely. And I think, and Billy Napier understands that. Okay. So I, I think they made a great hire. I think those three major hires are open. Now you got Notre Dame and Oklahoma have got to make hires. Although it looks like Notre Dame is hiring one of their assistants. They're yes. defensive coordinator who appears to have strong ties, former NFL player team loves him. Yes. Um, and I got to get his name up. This was the same guy that one year ago. This is how you, this is lucking up a little bit. One year ago, um, he would took that, he took that job at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Might've been two seasons ago. He took the job at Notre Dame. He was a finalist for both the DC job at Notre Dame and LSU at the same time. It was it was when Dave Aranda left LSU. Okay. And he was it came down to the midnight choice. Which one are you going to take it? He chose Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Broke all the LSU fans' hearts. There long enough, two years, to get the Notre Dame head coaching job. Yeah. I don't know much about him. I hope that if he gets it, I hope it works. Um, I, I you know, I want to see coaches do well. I just hope he's not Bob Davey. I don't think he is. You know, I, I was reading an article on Yahoo by uh, Pete Thamel, I think this morning and South Bend loves him. Like he's very community-based. I believe he played his college ball at OSU. So he's kind of known in the region. Um, Injury knocked him out of the NFL and he just kind of, he gets it from all very few accounts that I've read, but uh, People are excited to see him come in. Okay. Yeah. So that one's, yeah, I mean, it's been that, been that way that I figured. Now Oklahoma has got to find a coach. That's going to be a shit show. So um, heard some things. Things okay. that I can't say where my sources are because okay. it would be someone who would get in trouble for telling me that he tells me the things he tells me. Okay. Um, but I've heard two names. One makes a ton of sense, and that is Brett Venables. The defensive coordinator from Clemson. Okay. Now, if you don't know, Brett Venables has got a lot of local talks. He, he, he was a coach. Mm-hmm. He was just a coach in Oklahoma years ago. He was a long time since at Kansas State. 
um, well-known in the area, in the Big 12, mm-hmm. well-respected. He's been at Clemson now for a number of years. He's been the engineer of that whole defense they've had there. And this guy's ready to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma would be a really good opportunity. Yep. Um, the other thing I'm hearing is possibly an NFL guy leaving a job currently to go back to college. I'm not going to say a name because, again, I was told something in confidence, but I can say it's a current NFL player. Current, current NFL coach. Are you saying head coach? A head coach in the NFL <laughs> who would leave the midseason to go to a college team, to go to Oklahoma. I hope he's my super cute one. No, it's not the super cute guy you were talking about. <laughs> it, is not, it is not Kingsbury. No. Damn. So um, I guess the situation where this person may think he may not be having a job next season at the hmm. NFL level. And sometimes it's better to get out before the posse gets you. Yeah. If it's a person that's flowing through my brain, I hope that man never gets hired again anywhere. So. So. I go, I wish we had the Bomani Jones hold music. God, I got to figure out a way to do that here. Hey, you know, you've we got, can do You've got Tyler Jones helping you in the we back. Can hit, we, can back hit, we can hit pause on Zoom. And we're back. So, okay, I don't have hold music. That's what we're going to do. Yes, we're going to tease everybody. So if you guys see something next week, I'll let you know if we were right or not. So, yeah, let's vote that one. So, yeah, Oklahoma's good. I still think we're going to see a college coach in a few weeks end up in the NFL as well. Let's see once the season ends. So this carousel keeps going. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah. the, you know. And then we'll see somebody leave a program to go to the NFL. Like I said, I, uh, I think there'll be a couple of big time NFL jobs open up at the end of the season. I think yeah. there's one in particular people aren't thinking about yet that when it opens, everyone's going to want. So interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I think I think the Seattle Seahawks is going to open up. I think Pete Carroll's going to retire. Pete Silver Fox, Silver Fox, right there. Yeah, do enjoy him. I think Pete's going to retire, and then it comes down to who's the new coach if Russ stays or not. Hmm. So yeah, interesting. I mean, it will be interesting. So that's my prediction on that one. I can say out loud. So. Um, Okay, so we got the college football playoff, and we got the ratings and the rankings. So, have you seen the rankings? Uh, yes. Okay, we had that wild weekend, weekend before. You know, Michigan beat up Ohio State. Mm-hmm. A couple other things happened. Now we've got number one still is Georgia. Yep. Two is Michigan. Yep. Three was Cincinnati. I got pulled. Yes. Why am I not? Okay. Yes. And four was Oklahoma State. Correct. All right, Ellen, give me one. Who loses this weekend? Any of the four lose? So I haven't looked for the conference playoffs, so I'm assuming Georgia's playing Alabama. Georgia plays Alabama. I'll run them down for you. Georgia plays Alabama. Um, Michigan is playing Iowa in a neutral site in Indianapolis. Okay. Cincinnati is playing in Dallas against Houston. And Oklahoma State is playing Baylor. I can see both Michigan and Oklahoma State losing. I think there's zero chance Michigan loses. And that's not because I think Michigan's good. I think Iowa's just sorry. Um, they look, they backdoored into that thing. That's just ridiculous. That whole conference sucks. Um, I, I, I don't think Michigan, I think the most likely loss is Oklahoma State. I don't think any of the four are going to lose. 
oh no, hold on, we need to correct this. Because it's Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati. Oh, I thought Oklahoma State was four and, and OSU is five. OSU is five. Okay. Well, Bama and, and Georgia, one of them takes care of the other. Now, the, the, that was where I was going to go, though, was if Bama beats Georgia, they're both in. Yes. They'll, I, Bama will become number one if they beat Georgia. Right. And Georgia will drop to two. And two. Yeah. So then you'll have. Teams fighting for three and four. Let's say it goes chalk, except for Georgia and Bama. Okay. Do the committee take Oklahoma State, who will have three top ten wins in a row, or Cincinnati? Knowing how this works, I'd have to say it would be Oklahoma State. I think so, too. I totally disagree with it because you've asked Cincinnati to do everything and they've done it all if they want. And I think people are sleeping on, I do think people are sleeping on how good Houston is. Houston's a top 20 team. I, I think they're like a top 15 team. Um, They're a 10 point underdog. I think it's closer than everybody thinks. And I think what's going to hurt Cincinnati is they're going to win that game by three, five, something like that. People are going to say, see, they're not really that good. And it's like, wait a minute, Houston's loaded with talent. Yeah. And that's going to hurt them. So I I hope I'm wrong. And I hope that – I think everyone's rooting for Georgia this week. I mean, unless you're an Alabama fan, everyone's rooting for Georgia because we just don't want to see Georgia-Bama. Because it's going to lead to a second Georgia-Bama game for the national. I know, but I mean, it was like a few years ago where it was Alabama LSU back to back, right? Yeah. Well, that one. Well, when that one happened. Okay, wait. When LSU played Alabama in the championship game, that was a game that got Miles fired. Um, right, they, because they played, they, regular, they played a regular season game. They couldn't get across and the LSU beat Alabama at Alabama, and then they lost to them in the national championship game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Georgia played Alabama a couple of years ago in the national title game after playing them in the SEC championship game. Am I thinking of Clemson? That was the same championship game back to back two years in a row. Emma played Clemson two years in a row in the championship. That's what I'm they thinking. Beat them of. once and then Clemson beat them once. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, but yeah, I, I think that pretty much if you're a fan of anybody right now, you're rooting for uh, except for Alabama, you're rooting for Georgia to win that because it only takes up one spot. Yeah. This is going to end up causing the playoff to expand to eight teams. So. We'll see. The NCAA can't pull their head out of their ass long enough yeah. to figure out anything. So <laughs> I think you could be going to something there too. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't, if you're going to count on somebody to do something wrong, you can count on the NCAA to do it wrong. So, totally. So. Yeah. All right. So, um, so, so you think the most like, what do you think is going to happen? Where do you see the final four be? I'd have to say that I would see Georgia. Hmm. Let me look at my list to make sure I'm so. I don't think it'll go chalk. Somebody's going to lose. Well, Bama loses. Well, I know, but if Michigan loses, 
and say Cincinnati wins, that'll keep Alabama in and assuming Oklahoma State wins, pull Oklahoma State up. Well, if Bama loses to Georgia, they're out. That's that's too long. I don't think so. Well, I think that the uh, – I see, I think they'll go to a – there's other teams that the that they, that they can go for. What? Are they going to go to Notre Dame? It, unfortunately, yes, they could. Although I did see that the um, that the um, the committee chair said that that if Notre Dame uh, they did not look God, it's not working at all. Um, it, it, the committee chair did say that Notre Dame losing their head coach does hurt them. Yes, absolutely. So as I think you probably should. So yeah, I um, I think it's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I I do think it's going to go chalk. I think that I think the most likely of the top four teams to lose is actually is actually Georgia. Well, you I know, Saban's going to give it his best shot. So yeah, and you know that I mean, you know, the last time that 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 Alabama was an underdog in a game was five years ago. Fascinating. Yeah, there are six and a half point underdogs. Now, I said they're the most likely of the underdogs to win. I don't think they're going to win. Fair. I think Michigan's going to roll Iowa. That's the game that I think is going to be the least, the, the biggest spread of the four. Hmm. So, yeah. All right. Um, the NFL. Did you watch the NFL games over Thanksgiving? How was um, your Thanksgiving, by the way? My furnace went out on Thanksgiving Day. Hmm. I was hosting. That's fun. Um, so it was a little chilly. Fortunately, it was covered by home warranty and got fixed nice. on Tuesday. But we had a, a lovely roast and went to the Rapids game and saw the Rapids lose in a very weird game. Uh, and then Nicholas and I headed up to Fort Collins and did a Colorado State doubleheader of basketball and football on Saturday. So it was kind of fun. Nice. How about you guys? How, how did the whole household handle it, everything? It went beautifully. Great. It went beautifully. Everybody showed up a little bit late, which means they got there as close to one o'clock as possible. Everybody ate. Um, we had a good time for a little bit. And then by 4.45, everybody was gone. Awesome. Which is, which is perfect because then I got to take a nap on my couch, dozed off watching the Raiders beat the Cowboys up, and then woke up sometime in the second half of that game. And then just watch the Saints get well obliterated, like I told everybody they would. Yes, Buffalo. So, hey, an update on my fandom, just okay. so we know. Yes, Taysom Hill's the starting quarterback of the Saints. I saw start. that yesterday. So we're recording this on Thursday, and so we are. It's almost it's about two hours from game time for the Saints. I'm wearing my Saints. Yeah, see, I'm even representing today. However, he remains starting quarterback. In 2022. Oh, you're going to give him the full season. Uh, it, no, I'm, I'm going to. He's going to play the remainder of the current season. Yeah, he'll, re- he'll play the remainder of the season. They're going to play. Trevor Simeon's off. So, I mean, they, they have to do what they can do. Um, but if he is their quarterback in 2022, I think free agency might happen. All right. I, I just. Cool. So, so, if you want me to become a free agent, if, if you want to. You know, have Coach Bo as one of your fans. If you want, if you're if you're an NFL team and you're listening, you can send some free <laughs> gear. I would prefer a Joe Burrow gear, of course. 
Uh-huh. I'm not going to become a Bengals fan. I promise I'm not going to become a Bengals fan. Uh-huh. I'm not going to become a Bengals fan. Uh-huh. Uh, if I keep repeating it, it will not happen. Sure. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I don't have a lot of confidence in Taysom Hill starting quarterback. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried. So, but that's where my fandom is for now. I, okay. Is there any way they can beat the Cowboys? No. I just want to beat the – because I hate the Cowboys. This is the one game – if I could choose, this would be the one game I would win and let the Cowboys and the Falcons. If we won those – if we beat the Falcons twice and the Cowboys once a year, I'd be happy 3-13. and 13. I mean, Dallas is only six-and-a-half-point favorite, so there's a yeah. shot, but yeah. – as long as well, see, you know what's best for Dallas in that game, though? Mike McCarthy has COVID and is not coaching the game. Oh, that could be excellent then. That, that, no, no, that's excellent for the Cowboys. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because they'll run the football the whole game. And if right. they run the ball, they win the game. Instead of throwing it. Yeah, all they got to do is all they have to do is run the ball more times than they throw it, and the Cowboys will beat every team in the league. I'm serious. They'll beat every damn team in the league. I, I know. You've been preaching this the last several weeks. I, how they lose to the Raiders? Because they threw the ball twice as many times as they ran. Yep. They lost to the Raiders. That's a bad Raider team right now, too. It is. It's gross. And, yeah. So, um, so NFL, you got any uh, thoughts coming up this week? Anything going on you're thinking about? You go, okay, let's see what happens. The Bears did uh, not fire Matt Nagy yet. They, they have not fired Matt Nagy uh, in accordance with what was announced last week. Yeah. So, that's great. Of course, they also won. Um, so that helped. Uh, I now have Antonio Brown suspended because he's lying about his vaccine status along with a couple other players. Um, so that's kind of fun. Fake cards and everything. Yeah. You know, if, if you and I were talking offline, you know, if you don't pay your chef, your chef's going to spill your tea. And evidently this is what happened. So if you don't know the jokes, what happened was basically Antonio Brown's chef turned him in for trying to obtain a fake COVID card, uh, COVID vaccine card. Now, if you know anything about Antonio Brown, you know that he has not paid some of his people in the past, including prior chefs and um, a chef, a trainer, I think it was. He Mm -hmm. didn't pay him. So clearly this situation was he didn't pay his personal chef. And his chef says, oh, really? Well, let me write you out on some bullshit here. Uh, pay your people. He's got That's the all you have to do. Pay your people. I mean, look, if you're going to hide secrets for me, I want to make sure you get paid. Right. Totally. I don't have any secrets to hide, but, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. I, you tell me what my secrets are. If anyone knows, you might. So, yeah. Uh, anything you're particularly looking forward to this week? I'm definitely looking forward to that Broncos Chiefs game Sunday night. That's going to be the the big deal. So Nicholas and I have planned steak and potatoes for dinner and going to tuck in and hopefully see a good show. Yeah, that should be a good one. I'm looking forward to Monday night Bills and Patriots. Oh, that'll be good too. Yeah, so we got two good games on Monday and Sunday and Monday night. So sit back and enjoy. Um, hey, last thing I want to talk about real quick, and we're going yeah. to, we're going to run through this. You and I are both nerds. Yes. Uh, and you are also the Coach Bono's podcast legal analyst. So I'm bringing <laughs> you in here for this. Majorly, this has been a story that just, just came out and people don't really know or understand what's going on. Major mm-hmm. League Baseball is waiting to a lockout. The they are lockout, lock- yes. The, yeah, the owners have locked the players out. Yep. And it's funny about this is that there's teams spending money like crazy 
see the Texas Rangers and the yeah. New York Mets. And then a few days later, it's a lockout. Nobody's anywhere. Yep. Um, so we were talking off air. I was going to give you some updates, things I read on The Athletic and a few other places. And I was looking at this, and there's no way the owners win in this. The owners have messed this up so bad. First off, the Major League Baseball Players Association is by far the best union in sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are, they just, they're just better at it than everybody else. Going back to Marvin Miller and everything. Um, the Players Union fired their previous lawyer and hired a new lawyer okay. who is decided he's, he's going all in. Okay. Here's what I understand the player, they get this from the athletic. Mm-hmm. Here's what the players want, here's what the owners want. And, and tell me what your thoughts are. So the players, so people understand, let's talk about this backtrack one second here. There's no sure. salary cap in baseball. Correct. Yeah. In basketball, you have a salary cap. In the NFL, you have a salary cap. Instead, they have what's called the CBT, the collective bargaining tax. Or that, luxury tax. It's a luxury tax. I mean, you pay more salaries than, the, than the, the top part of the tax rate, which is currently $200 million for your team. For every dollar, you, every $2 you spend above that, you mm-hmm. are taxed $1. Those funds are then distributed amongst the teams that do not pay the tax. Right. Now, why is this important? Because in Major League Baseball, not every um, not every television contract is all shared. Mm-hmm. They are in the NFL. So you have teams like the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox and the Dodgers who have these huge local TV deals. Yeah, so they have more money in the coffers than say the Kansas City Royals or the Denver or the Colorado Rockies or yep. uh, the Miami Marlins. And so, because of that, this is the only way of having revenue sharing, other than the the larger Fox and ESPN contracts and Turner the TBS mm-hmm. contracts. Those are all shared equally. Other than those, the only shared pieces that these other TV contracts are not shared. So there's just kind of the haves and have-nots of baseball. Yep. We've seen this for years, and there's always been talk of, oh, small market teams can't do this and can't do that. You know what? It's a lot of bullshit. Small market teams are just an excuse. Right. The Kansas City Royals won a World Series. Tampa Bay Rays yeah. had the best record two years, two seasons in a row. Yeah. You know, uh, they won the World Series two years ago. Or were in the World Series two years ago. You know, there's there's been opportunity for these teams. Mm-hmm. But – what the players are asking is for that, that line across to be raised mm-hmm. from 200 to 220. Okay. And they're asking for a floor as well, meaning you have to spend money. We were talking, uh, to give an example, the, the worst team of this last year was the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore okay. Orioles spent $42 million on our 25-man roster in 2021. And to give you an idea, Max Scherzer just signed with the New York Mets. Uh-huh. We're going to pay him $43 million per year for the next three years. It's insane. Yeah. Max Scherzer is going to make more money in 2022 than the entire roster of the Baltimore Orioles. Now, the Baltimore Orioles get to split money because the Mets are going to go way over the salary cap. Right. The luxury tax. and have to pay this tax, which the Orioles will get a piece of. But it's still a pretty small piece. Yes, they'll split whatever, you know, however many people, the teams are above it. Now, 
We pulled last year's numbers real quick. And again, we kind of nerded here a little bit. When we had this, what we found out was in 2021, the average team spent $127 million on players. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money. People will say, well, it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. It sure is. Now, the, the highest spending team last year was the Los Angeles Dodgers at $271 million. They were $71 million over the luxury cap, yep. which means they spent $71 million on players and an additional $35 million in luxury tax mm-hmm. paid to Major League Baseball. The Yankees were at two hundred five, so they paid five million extra to the players, two and a half million back. We've seen where in the last couple of years, some teams decided they weren't going to make deals at the trade deadline to better their team because of these these luxury cap numbers. Right, they don't want to pay that extra. They don't want to pay over the Boston Red Sox for last year, one hundred eighty nine million. They were just under. They weren't going to add anybody to add $11 million to that. They don't want to pay for it. Right. The Astros, a big complaint at the trade deadline was the Astros didn't make their team better. Mm-hmm. They were $5 million under the cap, under the, the tax. If you go spend 10, you're really spending 15. Yeah. So, but what we've seen is then you have the have nots Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Miami, Tampa. Between in those five teams, spent mm-hmm. less money than the Dodgers. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. So I, the players are right now. The players are saying, "Hey, raise it to two hundred if you want, or raise it again if you want." But we got to have a floor. Yeah, let's get happening. Security. What's happening is teams are saying we're not going to pay players. We're going to let them be free agents. They're going to get no one's bidding for these free agents. And we're seeing salaries are actually going down. Mm-hmm. And we used the example of Max Scherzer earlier. Yes, he's up for $43 million for three years. But I also saw, this is reported in The Athletic today, that the last collective bargain agreement came out in 2016. Yep. And since then, off the 2015 high of the average per player deal, Salaries have fallen by 30%. That's amazing. The medians, the median salary. Now, that doesn't mean the top end guys are still getting more and more money. Sure. Mike Trout got a whole bunch of money, and you could, and that gets reported. But for every Mike Trout, how many guys are rank and file not making money? Right. It's your league minimum yeah. guys that are yeah. coming in and doing whatever. The average salary's fallen by 6% since 2017. Mm-hmm. So, it's clear what's happened. Now, along with that, another thing that the Players Association is asking for is some changes to compensation when it comes to free agents. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is they're saying, hey, your teams are purposefully not signing free agents because if they do, they're penalized. They have to give up a draft pick. And teams don't want to give up draft picks. They want to be able to get young players. Yeah. So what's happened is we've got teams tanking. We've got half a league that is tanking major league baseball yeah and i mean we look at it last year we, we were talking about this near the end of the season that there was really 10 12 teams that were really trying to win the world series or yeah. trying to get there you know out of 32 teams that's ridiculous and it's a constant we're rebuilding 
I lived in Kansas City now for over 20 years. Outside of Kansas City, the Royals, yep. what have I heard, except for the exception of three years, I've right. heard we are rebuilding. That's not rebuilding. You know what that is? That's bad ownership. That's not investing in your business. Agreed. And it's it to me, it's saying, I want to own a major league team, but I don't want to pay for a major league team. Correct. It's the cachet without the paycheck. Yeah. And to me, that's just a crack of bullshit. It is. And I, I am hopeful that the players are really able to leverage this. And to yeah. your point that they're going to be able to get it done and get some of these smaller and mid-market teams, some, some money in their coffers that yeah. people won't, players won't hesitate or have no trade clauses for certain teams and there'll be a lit, little bit more fluidity. Yeah, I mean, this could be really done simply if you have a fan coming. Yeah. You know, if you and I walked in that room, we could fix, we could fix this. Because Maybe. we could say, look, players, you're going to give up. This is what you're going to give up. Now, there's also things about service time and some things. We're not going to get into all that today. We'll talk more about it next week. But it, there's a lot of things going on there. We can say, hey, look, yeah, the service time piece isn't fair. Let's work on some of that. Let's work on the draft compensation stuff. But what we've got to come back to is this number. Yes, agree. This, this luxury tax idea. Yeah. Either give up the luxury tax and have a salary cap, which I think players would go for. I think they the would. Salary minimum. Yes. So I wanted to touch base about that. Let's talk more about it next week because we'll be a week in. We'll see. We won't be 24 hours in. It won't be right. as fresh. We'll see what's going to happen. Um, I think this could lead to some problems if this. If both teams go to the mattresses, they say in the mafia, and all of a sudden we're sitting there with uh, two sides fighting before the season even starts. Well, we've got six weeks until players are supposed to report. Uh, yeah, you figure early oh. February. So you got just under two okay. months. But these are two sides that don't look very close right now. So, okay. all right. Yeah. Well, Ellen, I know you have to go. So I'm going to jump back on here in a minute and talk about a couple of little things. But uh, Sounds thank great. you so much for joining me. Actually, no, we're just going to go through it. We're just going to call it there. <laughs> um, let's do this. Let's wrap this thing up. I've always enjoyed chatting with you. Thanks for coming in again today. We'll chat a little more. Uh, next week, I want to talk to you about something. I got to ask a quick question to you here. Die Hard, a Christmas movie or not? Okay, let's keep that on the hook. And I think I've got something to circle back around with you on about okay. Chipotle and oh. racist uncles. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that as well. Yeah, we'll talk oh. about that. We'll, a couple of things for next week. And then uh, let's have some fun with that. So um, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks to Tyler Jones. Thanks to everybody at Studio Subbox for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Um, if you got a chance, rate us, review us, give us five stars. Look. You can do it at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Here's what it does. It helps us go up the rankings so that people can find us. That's the reason we need your help. If you've got 30 seconds, hit the little button on your your iPhone. This is five stars. Damn it, we deserve it. (laughs) If you're going to rate us five stars, we'll keep your fucking opinion. There you go. Until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. That is Token Grill Owen Wigginton. We appreciate you coming on. Have a great week, and I'll see you on Monday. Toodles.